0: This is Hembra Writing Podcast, curated by Beth Crane for Battlebird Productions, episode two. Duck, by Beth Crane. Once there was a man and a woman, they loved one another, they'd moved in ever decreasing circles for years, come across each other at parties, drinks, dinners, their friends knew it before they did, they seemed destined, and they were. One Tuesday they ate, talked, fell in love, fell together, hungry and tired of being alone. They bought a house. They bought a duck. They were quirky that way. He baked, and she calculated tax rebates. They waited. Then the duck died, and love died with it. He wasn't pulling his weight. Her hours were too long. He was a mess. She was unreasonably tidy. They drove one another mad. The corpse of the duck lay where it had fallen. What do you do with the dead duck? She accused him of starving it. He accused her of neglecting it. She suggests burial. He suggests a recipe. She cries. He laughs, then cries as well. Who'd wanted the duck? One of them must have done once. He scoops up the body, with its head lolling, tongue out, It's the deadest thing she's ever seen. She pleads with him to leave it where it is. He waves it, chases her around the kitchen. They laugh. They haven't laughed in a long time. She wraps her arms around his neck. He looks down at the duck. She looks down at the duck. They draw apart. They'd never even given it a name. It was duck, occasionally the duck. Neither was imaginative that way. They sit till dawn with the duck and a bottle of wine, neither talking, neither wanting to drink or sleep. The space between the edges of the bed is impassable for the couple who'd spent their time together ever touching. He worries about flies. She doesn't. They watch the duck and think of other things. Old lovers, recipes, the gas bill, anything to avoid a topic of conversation. 2am brings a spark of the old, a moment of seeming saving grace. Egged on by something, grief, loneliness, wine, he pulls her to him. They screw, briefly, almost clinically. The dulling, beady eye of the duck Watches them. He leaves. He doesn't want to. It's cold and his laundry is here. This is his home. Wearily, he jokes about the duck. Who gets the body? It's King Solomon all over again. She stares at him, aghast. They both will the other to take it, and a screaming row about nothing and shoes. He proves a point with a cleaver. The duck's spine is thicker than expected and she blanches at the crunch. She watches bleakly as he leaves with the bloody parcel. Her half is on the counter. She turns on the kettle. She sinks to the ground. A week later he returns with an egg. She's foetal, incubating in duvets and chocolate boxes. The half-duck rots in the paddle bin. She lets him in. He holds out the egg. He warms it beneath his coat on the underground. It's small, blue. He says it was on the verge of hatching. He says it had been laid the day the old duck died. He says he feels guilty... He says it was his fault after all. She watches his mouth move. He holds it out. A peace offering. A rebirth. A recurrence of love. They miss one another. She takes the egg, nestles it between her hands. The surface is smooth, dimpled with pores. He stays, they sit on the sofa taking turns to hold the egg, to warm it. She swears she hears a heartbeat. He listens, feigns agreement. There's an inch between them and neither can cross it. They're not suited, they know this, but they're children again, rescuing an injured chick from a tree. He cooks. The cupboards are virtually empty, the milk is off and the coffee's sour, but they pretend it isn't. He bridges the divide, touches her shoulder, they both flinch. It's gone. A duckling would cure it for a while, but you can only patch so much with ducks. They gently wrap the egg in a tea towel, place it on the ground and step on it together, the opposite of the wedding glass stamp. It splits across the floor.
1: Yolk. No chick, just
0: yolk. That was Duck by Beth Crane. This next monologue is from The Delights of Dogs and the Problems of People, written and read by Rosalind Blessed.
1: I killed a spider today. I feel really sick about it. I never kill spiders, never. I actively like spiders. They're beautiful and fascinating and serve their special purpose. I've actually been worried about the decline in those really big fuckers that were everywhere when I was a kid. They seem to have been replaced by these long willowy ones. Kind of the spider version of my taste in men. Jarvis Cocker type arachnids. I've been meaning to look up if there's some kind of connection. Despite their slimness, I suspect these spindly ones of doing some deadly number on the big fuckers. I'd be really sad if the big black ones died out. Like the sadness I would feel living in a world with no great white sharks. I mean, I wouldn't want to pet either one of them. But I feel the world would be smaller, meaner for the loss. I'm arachnophobic, but I don't blame the spiders for the fact I have the vague sense if one of them ran over me, my mind would break. I would never kill one. Except for today. I hate that he made me do that. And I'm really sorry. And it makes me want to cry. I've been really anxious all day. Well, the most active spider was in the bathroom. I swear to God it had a crush on me. Just followed me around. I've spent many a wonderful, relaxing bath, unexpectedly rammed up against the taps, being alternately frozen, then scorched, fixated on Colin swinging from the shower head. I was forced to name him. I name all the really big spiders that scare me in an attempt to make them more appealing. This has never worked. Well, today I was just about to get in the bath. I was going for a last-minute pee when Colin landed on the toilet roll beside me. I screamed, jumped up and pissed all over myself. At least I was naked. I couldn't calm down. So I decided to kill him. First of all, I call the dogs. Twiggy, the whippet, usually insists on sitting next to me when I'm having my bath and licking the water droplets off my arm. It's disgusting. But it pleases her weird little OCD brain, so what are you going to do? Dogs are disgusting. It's part of their charm. And she also eats lots of flies and creepy crawlies, so I figured she might eat Colin. But no dogs came when I called. So. The duster is long and blue. Designed to reach high, but it's soft and unwieldy. It took ages to kill him. I regretted it after the first bash, but I'd done too much damage to stop, with him curling into a smaller and smaller ball. Horrific. I picked him up in a tissue, cleaned the pee off the floor and got in the bath. I wish I could bathe with my clothes on. Couldn't get out fast enough. Didn't even condition my hair, well... I'll pay for that later, with my fine hair. Anyway, today is my fifth wedding anniversary. Yay! I got into the car this morning to drive the dogs to the woods for their walk, and the car was filled with flowers and cards and presents. Romantic, right? This, of course, would be a great deal more cheerful if we hadn't been separated for two years. As it was, it was enough to induce a rather large level of spider-murdering anxiety. James, my very nearly ex-husband, hadn't actually broken into the car. The lock is fucked. Well, the whole car is fucked, at least on a superficial level. It really is a mess. Not just on the dented outside. I couldn't manage to fit my life of the last several years into the new flat, so a lot of stuff is being stored in the car. It's being slowly broken down to a mulch by being constantly sat on by three wet dogs. Recently, the hounds have ripped open my bag of Halloween decorations that I keep in there. I have a lot of Halloween decorations. With this means, when I unload the squirming fighting threesome in front of some prim woman in wellies holding her gun dog probably called Jasper, I'm also showered with plastic skulls and rubber spiders. I then have to hang on to my swirling whirlwind of teeth and fur with one hand, the dog whisperer, I ain't, and throw decapitated heads back into my stinking shambles of a car with the other. Still, it's my car, you know? With these little outbursts of love wouldn't be that terribly concerning, just sad. I mean, we've all experienced a broken heart, right? If it wasn't for the times the seesaw tips the other way. I mean this is the same guy that was screaming abuse about me in the street outside my flat a month ago. But that's how it goes with him. I love you. I hate you. I love you. I hate you. Ooh, I wouldn't give for a little apathy. A little blasé. Some good, strong indifference. I can't tell you how unbelievable it felt to shut my own front door for the first time. Nobody could come in unless I invited them, even if they weren't a vampire. I regularly sat there under my duvet of dogs, crying. Joy, this time. Oh, I saw this thing on Facebook. Somebody had studied tears, looked at them, you know, dead close up. And different tears have different patterns, different structures. Joyful tears look nothing like tears of distress. The tears you cry when you're chopping onions look nothing like tears of frustration. Well, as a massive crier myself, I was fascinated by this and reposted it. I loved the romance of it. Then my friend Anthony commented, What a lot of toss. Damn Facebook and its traps. So easy to make yourself look a massive twat. It gave me my first really unsettling moment. A few months into the separation, Facebook shut down my account because somebody who knew my password was logging into my account as me. I thought nothing of it. Figured it was a mistake. Just changed my password and poddled on. Then a couple of days later, my brain sort of processed the information that location of the mystery logger was the same as the location of James. He'd been visiting family. It made me feel a bit mentally itchy. But I decided not to mention it. If he wanted to read my boring old shit, he could fill his boots. Nothing bad has happened. Just too many texts and emails. He used to regularly turn up at my door until I asked him not to. He was very good about it. there have been some flowers and lengthy love letters going over and over and over the same old shit. It all seems reasonable when taken individually. He's not doing anything wrong. Today was a bit much, I must say. It gets fed back to me. the stuff he says about me. Bad stuff. But this is the thing. Who are people going to believe? Robin? Or lovely shiny James. Ah, enough. Want to hear some gossip? I met somebody. Somebody amazing. I have a sentence for you. He made me so happy to be in his company. It was like each of my little cells was a tiny bell, vibrating out microscopic peals of contentment. Yeah, yeah, right? How poetic is that shit? I'm a catch. Now, after spending a lot of time together, a lot of very pleasant, stimulating, extremely fun time, it didn't work out. Not his fault. Just didn't. He didn't feel the same way. Of course he didn't. Of course he didn't. I own a fucking mirror for fuck's sake. No man anywhere gives a fuck what's on the inside. I'm sorry. I'm not actually a sexist. I appreciate that's unfair. And I know it's not true. It's just that it is true. The only man that wants me is crazy. I felt embarrassed and stupid, sad, of course, wow, so incredibly sad and tired and old. So I sat myself down and gave myself a good talking to. Robin, says I, Robin El Gal, this love thing, this whole love fiasco, this will probably never happen for you so just let it go. You know what? I was glad. I was glad. You know? I was relieved because I never want any man to own any part of me ever again. I'm surprised the dogs have let me sit here talking to you for this long. They'd usually be pestering me for something. You know, I haven't seen the dogs in ages. Where are the dogs? Shit. There's someone in the house.
0: In this episode of Hembra, you heard Duck by Beth Crane, and The Delights of Dogs and the Problems of People by Rosalind Blessed. The voices you heard were those of Beth Crane and Rosalind Blessed. Our theme and accompanying music are by Olivia Ebenike. If you want to submit to Hembra, check out our website at battlebird.productions slash Hembra or find us on Facebook or Twitter at Hembra Writing. We'll be back next month with a special Halloween episode.